Hey, this is Stephen Blandino, and welcome to this episode of Leader Fluent. One of the most important things we can do as leaders is intentionally invest in our team's growth. And that's the focus of today's episode. So whether you oversee a full-time staff or you lead a team of volunteers, I'm going to share with you four practical ways to invest in your team that I promise will make a difference. Hey, before we jump into this episode, can I ask you to do me a quick favor? Would you subscribe to the Leader Fluent podcast? And would you rate or review the podcast today? It really does make a difference. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, Android, whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. And your rating and review helped spread the word. So thank you so much for your help. Really do appreciate it. Also, if you haven't checked out my blog, I'd love for you to do so. There's a bunch of free resources and you can subscribe at stephenblandino.com so you don't miss a single article. Hope you'll take advantage of that. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Enjoy this episode as we talk about how to invest in your team's growth. Let me start today with this simple thought. Leaders don't just lead projects, they lead people. They recruit and empower people to help the organization achieve its desired outcomes. We all know that's true. People are central to leadership, and that's true whether you lead a church, a ministry team, a nonprofit, a business, a school, whatever your endeavor is. But here's the thing. Building a high-performing team doesn't end with recruiting people and then handing off a job responsibility to them. You also have to invest in your team's growth. In fact, your commitment to invest in your team's growth not only helps your team get better, that's obvious, right? But it has a direct bearing on your team's level of engagement in their job. So whether you're leading a team of paid staff or a team of volunteers, how you invest in your team at a level that is significant and meaningful, makes a real difference. Well, today, I want to share with you four ways to invest in your team's growth. And I'm going to use the word TEAM as an acronym to help you remember these four ideas. So let's get started. The T stands for training. And training is all about investing through knowledge. You see, team members need to to have the know-how to accelerate in the areas of responsibility that you've entrusted them with, right? So, So I would encourage you to think about training in two formats. The first one is onboarding. In other words, what training are you providing to effectively onboard new members of your team? I don't know about you, but have you ever stepped into a position, into a job where you showed up the first day and they were so happy to have you there and hand the responsibility to you that they kind of gave you the job and then you never saw them again, right? It was just one of those things where they, they had been searching maybe for so long or they were so overwhelmed with what they had to do that they didn't have time to onboard you, to train you on your first day on the job. Well, here's the deal. This applies to both employees and volunteers. Every person on your team should receive training as you onboard them onto the team and into the organization. So so what, what, what should you cover in this training? Well, let me give you an example of what we do at Seven City Church. At Seven City, our onboarding process doesn't just cover the basics, you know, things like Uh, employee benefits or technology, certain expectations, you know, hey, here's the keys to the building so you can get in, things like that. It's actually a process that's stretched out over several weeks or even several months. 
And, and the most intensive part of it is obviously on the front end. For example, I spend a half day with each new employee going over uh, in depth the DNA of Seven City Church. So I'll, I'll talk about things like vision, values, our history, our ministry model, our governance, goal setting, staff communication, how we make decisions, common questions that, that we've discovered new members of our team have, and, and things that are specific to their role that they were hired to do. And then following that initial meeting, each new team member will watch a series of videos over the next month that really drive home some of the key aspects of our culture and of our organization. And then we'll also require our staff to work through an online financial course to ensure that they have a solid foundation for their own personal finances. These are all things that are included in our onboarding process. Again, this is all part of that initial training. You see, here's what you've got to understand. Your goal in onboarding is to set your team up for success. Think of this as, as kind of the basic training that every person on your team needs to start their journey on the right foot. Then, in addition to onboarding, the, the second form of training is ongoing. In other words, you, you need a system, a systematic way to provide ongoing training to your team. And that might include conferences or seminars or workshops, even university courses. Those are all great opportunities. But I would also encourage you to consider a weekly or monthly training that happens during your regularly scheduled staff meeting. It might be a, a training that you deliver personally. It might be a video that you watch together as a team from a great leadership speaker. But, but here's what you've got to understand. Here, here's what these training methods do. They help your team get progressively better. It reminds me of the old saying, the only thing worse than training your people and having them leave is not training them and having them stay. So, so the T stands for training. The E stands for equipping. Equipping is all about investing in your team through resources. One of the great benefits that we have at this moment in history is the vast number of resources available to help us equip our teams. And, and so I would encourage you to think of resources to equip your team in, in two ways. First is job resources. So when it comes to job re resources, ask yourself, what does my team need to do their job in the most effective and efficient manner. Job resources might include things like their computer, software, subscriptions to various programs or services, any kind of tool or piece of equipment related to their unique role. Again, this is true whether they're an employee or they're a volunteer. In fact, this is what's interesting. Um, Gallup's research shows that having the right materials or the equipment to do your job actually increases employee engagement. That's why one of the questions that we ask during our employee reviews is, is related to uh, equipment and materials to do their job. If, if our team doesn't feel like they have those, I'm not setting them up for success. So you wanna equip them with job resources. But the second type of equipping is growth resources. Growth resources can be books or courses, podcast blogs, YouTube videos, TED Talks, Audible books, like any of that. The, the list is almost endless in our technology age, right? But, but here's the thing. When you consider that the average commute to work is 46 minutes per day round trip, 
your team could easily turn their drive time into growth time if they had the right resources to access, if, if they knew what's going to help them grow in the best way possible. And a lot of them are already doing that. But sometimes we, we can speak into that process to really focus their growth. So how do we invest in our teams? The T stands for training. The E stands for equipping. The A stands for application. And this is investing through opportunities. Investing in your team goes beyond simply pumping more information into their heads. In fact, we're kind of over inundated in many ways with all of the information coming at us. And, and if we're really honest, true leadership isn't learned in a classroom. It's learned in the trenches. Now, that doesn't mean that, that giving them knowledge and resources to grow and improve isn't important. It obviously is. We've already talked about that. But they also need a place to flesh out what they're learning. That's why it's important to focus on application. Application is where you invest in your team through opportunities. Now, I would encourage you to think of opportunities in four levels. And, and so let, let me give you these four levels of opportunity, and then I'll share a couple of examples of how they work. Level number one is personal accountability. Level number two is stretch assignments. Level number three is expanded responsibility. And level number four is a supervisor role. So let me give you an example of how these four levels work with staff members. And then I'll give you another example of how they work with volunteers. Let's say you have a staff member who is responsible for the junior high ministry at your church. And they report to you, and let's say they've, they've gotten a little bit sloppy maybe in their time management skills. And so you put the first level of opportunity into practice, and that is personal accountability. In other words, you, you address their time management struggles in a one-on-one -on -one meeting, and then you equip them maybe with some you know, helpful time management tips and tools, and then you follow up with them in other meetings just to ask how things are going and, and, and to see how they're improving. And as you do that, let's say that over the next couple of months, they really start to improve. And as they do, your confidence increases as well in their ability to do more. So now, now you decide to go to the second level of opportunity, and that is stretch assignments. Think of stretch assignments as, as a test assignment or, or as an opportunity to, to test how a team member responds to greater opportunity. So let's say this, this junior high pastor has natural gifting in the area of strategic thinking. And so you decide to give them a stretch assignment. You ask them to organize a retreat for both junior high and high school students. And so you give them a budget and a timeline and clear outcomes, and, and you, you just let them run with it. And I mean, you, you really hand it off to them and you check in along the way and maybe offer a little bit of coaching as they need it. And four months later, they deliver a great retreat and you're really happy with the results. The students are happy. Parents are happy like it was a win. At that point, you may decide to give them another stretch assignment or you might choose to move to the third level of opportunity, and that is expanded responsibility. So you call them into your office and, and maybe you express you know, how proud you are of their work and their effort and everything they're doing and the impact that they're making. And then you offer to increase their responsibility within the organization. And, and their role may actually stay the same. They may still be the junior high pastor, but now there's more riding on their shoulders. 
now they're in charge of all retreats and all camps, and they have to build a team to help facilitate this process for their entire youth ministry. So what have you done? You've expanded their responsibility. Well, as they continually deliver quality in their role, as they continue to grow and develop, and as you continue to invest in them, again, through training and resources and new stretch assignments, you may eventually come to believe that they're ready for the fourth level of opportunity, and that's a supervisor role. So you decide to promote them as the pastor that oversees all of the ministries from zero to 18 years old. And now each staff member over those various ministries, uh, maybe it's an early childhood director and a, and a kids pastor and a youth pastor, all of them now report to this pastor that you've trained up. They've, they've not, they've, they, they, they're not just responsible for a ministry, now they're responsible for supervising other staff. What have you just done? You've taken the application step to invest in your team. You've walked a team member through four levels of opportunity, all opportunities to apply what they've been learning, and you've ultimately entrusted them with greater responsibility. Now, you can do the exact same thing if you're leading volunteers. For example, let's say you lead the small group ministry at your church. You could hold a small group leader accountable, that's the first level of opportunity, to grow in their role, and, and you may provide them with the tools and resources they need to improve. But then you could give them a stretch assignment. That's the second level of opportunity. For example, you might ask them to organize a list of best practices to help small group leaders facilitate great group discussion. And, and if they put together a really solid list of ideas, then you might ask them to share those ideas at your next leadership training event. And if they do a really good job of delivering those ideas and people respond well, then you might decide to move to the third level of opportunity, and that is to expand their responsibility by putting them in charge of training events or serving maybe as an assistant training event leader. And then finally, you might move them out of a small group leader role into a supervisor role. That's the fourth level of opportunity. And maybe they become a coach where they actually oversee other small group leaders. This is how you grow leaders. These four levels of opportunity are ways to help your team members apply what they're learning in the trenches of everyday leadership. Again, investing is not just about training and resources. It's not just about information. You also have to give them opportunities to put what they're learning into practice in the trenches of leadership. Okay, there's one more way to invest in your team. The M stands for mentoring. And this is investing through relationships. The Gallup organization discovered that 65% of people that leave a company are actually leaving their managers. That's pretty incredible. So, so I, I believe if leaders would take the time to coach and to mentor their teams, employee engagement would dramatically increase, as would the performance of those team members. So, so how do you do that? How do you uh, invest in your team members through mentoring relationships? Well, I would encourage you to consider two strategies. First is one-on-one -on -one meetings. Every week, I, I hold a one-on-one 45-minute -on -one meeting with each staff member that reports directly to me on our team. 
And during this meeting, the, the team member, they really get to set the agenda. They get to bring any issue that they need to discuss to that meeting. And as they share whatever they need to talk about after they we've covered their list, then it's an opportunity for me to ask them for maybe updates on goals or priorities that they're working on. And if need be, it's an opportunity for me to provide coaching and mentoring in an area that will help them grow or coaching and mentoring around questions that they have. And so by making these meetings a regular part of our weekly calendar, it creates a built-in system to mentor staff as needed. And I'll tell you what else it does. It also prevents surprises from popping up during annual reviews. The first time somebody hears about an area they need to grow in shouldn't be in an annual review. It should be in these one-on-one -on -one meetings that you're having. Here's the second way to invest through relationships to, to leverage mentoring, and that is real-time coaching, real-time coaching. Several years ago, as I was uh, sitting in the dentist chair getting a crown replaced, and, um, and while I was sitting there, I, I remember I heard an office worker at the dentist talking to somebody on the phone, and while they were talking to him, they were kind of talking in a little bit of a direct or abrasive tone, and... Um, and, and as they were talking on the phone, I heard my dentist quietly mumble something under his breath. And, and it, it was faint enough that I couldn't really understand what he said, but, but I knew something was off. And so a few minutes later, my dentist, he, he left the room and he went and he found this worker and he began to talk to him. And I could kind of hear a little bit of the conversation, what was going on. And he was respectful and he was calm and, 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 you know, his tone was, was appropriate in every way, but I could tell he was expressing to this team member a better way that they could have addressed the individual that they were talking to on the phone. And as I thought about that situation, I realized that my dentist was practicing real time coaching. He wasn't waiting for an annual review six months later to address that issue, you know, to where you get so far removed from it that the, the team member doesn't even remember it. He was providing mentoring in the moment. And that's what real-time coaching is. It is mentoring in the moment. It is addressing things as they happen so that the impact of that mentoring is really uh, impactful and is contextualized in a way that the team member is going to benefit from it the most. So those two strategies, one-on-one -on -one meetings and real-time coaching are great ways to invest through relationships. So there you have it. There's four ways to invest in your team's growth. Let me quickly review. Again, using the word team as an acronym, the T stands for training. This is investing through knowledge. The E stands for equipping. This is investing through resources. The A stands for application. This is investing through opportunities. And the M stands for mentoring. This is investing through relationships. As you do these four things, your team will get better and your impact as a leader will grow deeper. Well, I hope these tips on investing in your team's growth help you and those you lead. And hey, why not share today's episode with a leader that would benefit? Again, these ideas can be applied at any level of the organization, whether it's paid staff or volunteers. So maybe you've got a friend or a coworker, you know, a fellow leader, someone in another organization that you could share this with. I think they would really benefit from them. And again, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to Leader Fluent and leave a rating or review. It really does help spread the word and help other leaders grow. Thanks for listening today. I look forward to having you join us next month for another episode of Leader Fluent.